We are starting a series this month called Bold. Say bold. Bold, bold. Boldness, if you want to just kind of a, a definition of what it is, if it's, it's, it's confidence. Uh, it is, it is uh, being confident. It is uh, uh, another description I've heard for boldness is that it is a, it is a behavior uh, that is born out of a belief in something. When you are bold, it is a behavior that is born out of a belief. In other words, what, if, if you believe in something, uh, chances are you will take a stand for it or, or you will be bold for it. And so, and so we're going to talk about boldness this morning. And, and, and I would say this, that it's pretty evident that we are bold for things that we believe in, and we take stands for things that we believe in. We see this even more so now in this digital age. We see it in this social media age. There are a lot of people, us included in here, who have, uh, who have strong beliefs about something. And it's out of those strong beliefs that we are bold towards them or we take stands for them. And so that's, that's just evident. It's clear. Many, some of us in here ha have done that. Many, many of those watching online have done that. We, we take stands for or we, we're bold for things that we believe in. But today what I want to do is I want to speak specifically to the church. I want to speak specifically to followers of Jesus and really ask you two questions. Uh, the first is, what do you believe in and what do you stand for? What do you believe in and what do you stand for? In other words, are you bold for your belief, whatever that is? Are you bold for your belief? And so just keep those few questions in mind and we'll begin to answer those throughout the course of our time together. But I want to remind us of something. In the Gospel of Mark chapter 16, verse 15, Jesus gives us this command or this assignment. He says for us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. That is the assignment. Go into all the world and preach the gospel, the good news to all creation. Well, what is the gospel? Well, we've been highlighting that throughout our time this morning, through our worship time, through our communion time. The gospel uh, kind of in, in, in summary is just simply the fact that, that we are sinners that needed a savior. And Jesus is our savior. Jesus died on a cross so that we can be forgiven of our sin, so that we can be made right with God. He rose again, and because of that, we have a brand new life now, meaning we are not the same that we used to be. So that kind of in a nutshell is, is, is the gospel. And so Jesus says, I want you to go into all the world and tell people the gospel. I want you to go into all the world and share this good news about me and what I've done. That is the command. That is the assignment that Jesus has given us. But here's a concern that I have and why I think this series is important. And remember, I'm speaking to the church. I'm speaking to followers of Jesus. The concern that I have is that I see many Christians, many followers of Jesus, take stands 
or proclaim a boldness for so many different things. Please, please hear what I'm saying. There are many Christians who are taking stands for or being bold about a lot of different things, but yet still find it difficult to share the gospel with a coworker. Are you following me? We take stands for things, we are bold for certain things that we believe in, yet we still have issues sharing our faith with friends. We still have issues sharing our faith or sharing the gospel with those that we work with. There is this, this, this kind of disconnect that happens, and, and, and I see it because this is, this is a lot of us. This is a lot of us. We, we take stands for a lot of things. And a lot of those things can be good things. But yet, why do we still find it so difficult to take stands for the gospel? Why do we still find it difficult to be bold about sharing the gospel, the good news? Paul says it this way, Romans 1.16. He says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Why? Because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. And you may say, well, well, why would someone need to be ashamed of good news? Here's why. Because though the gospel is good news, the gospel is still offensive. Because remember, when I summed up the gospel... The gospel is the fact that we are sinners that need a savior. That statement right there, many people have a problem with. That statement right there comes across offensive to many people. Well, who are you to call me a sinner? I'm not a sinner. I'm good. I'm not like that person. I'm not like that murderer. I'm not like that, that rapist. I'm not like this person. I'm not like that. I'm not like them. So who are you to call me a sinner? And so the gospel comes across as offensive because people aren't prepared to hear that type of truth. And so Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because I, I, I recognize the fact that this message is not a popular message or doesn't always be, it's not always a likable message. And so I'm convinced this morning, as I said earlier, that we take stands and we're bold for a lot of different things, but when it comes to sharing the gospel, when it comes to sharing our faith, it, it, it seems that we still have issues with that. And here's why I believe that is. Because I believe it takes a different type of boldness to share the gospel. It doesn't take a natural boldness. It doesn't take a natural type of courage. It doesn't take a natural type of confidence. It takes a Holy Spirit-empowered boldness to share the gospel. And that's what I want to talk about for the next few weeks. I want to talk about a Holy Spirit-empowered boldness. I want to talk about today where, where even like the early church began as we begin to look in the book of Acts. The church that we are in today or a part of today, not just here, but all over the world. 
We're going to talk about the early church in the fact that the church wasn't just started by somebody's good idea. Like somebody didn't just wake up one day and say, hey, let's build a building and let's kind of all gather together and sing some songs and talk about Jesus. I got a great idea. That sounds good. Let's just do it. That wasn't what it was. The church was birthed when men and women empowered by the Holy Spirit had a spirit infused boldness to share the good news of Jesus. That's how the early church was started. We see this in Acts 1, Jesus ascends to heaven. Acts 2, the Holy Spirit falls on those in the upper room. The Holy Spirit empowers them. And it was out of that empowerment that these men and women begin to share the gospel. They begin to share Jesus. And in that moment, 3,000 people came to faith in Jesus. Imagine that. 3,000 people came to know Jesus that day, all because men and women were empowered with a Holy Spirit boldness. And that's how the church began. That's why we sit here today. Because the Holy Spirit empowered people. The Holy Spirit gave boldness to people to share the gospel. See, it takes a special type of boldness to share this good news. It takes a special type. And so we continue reading through the book of Acts. And in Acts chapter 3, two of the disciples, Peter and John, they're on their way into a prayer service. And before they step into a prayer service, they encounter this, this, this crippled man. This crippled man that is carried to the gate, the entrance of this prayer service, and he's carried there every day, and he's begging for money. And so Peter and John, on their way into the prayer service, they encounter this crippled man, and he's begging for money. And Peter, uh, uh, Peter and John, they say, look at us. And he looks up at them, expecting to receive some money. And they say, look, we don't have money to give you. But we got something better. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. And they grab him by the hand and they pull him up and they help him up. And this crippled man who'd been crippled since birth begins to walk. And then he begins to get muscles and strength in his legs. And he begins to jump around in excitement like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I've never walked before. And now he's starting to run around and he starts to go into the temple, to the prayer service. And now everybody that came in and didn't notice this crippled man, now they're starting to recognize, wait, wait a second. Isn't this man that is walking the man that was been crippled outside of this gate all his life and now he's celebrating he's excited and crowds are starting to gather people are starting to gather around because of this miracle see that's why I love miracles that's why I think miracles I believe miracles still exist today and I love miracles Because, see, miracles were designed not for us to feel something. Miracles were designed to point us to Jesus. That's why miracles still exist today. It's not for our own gain. It's it's to point people to Jesus. It's to let people know, whoa, something just happened there that no man could ever do. 
And so crowds are gathering because of this miracle. And so Peter seizes the opportunity. They're coming because of the miracle, but Peter's got something else to give them. And so they gather around, they come around, and they're, they're seeing this man jumping and leaping and, and, and just getting super excited for his healing. And so now Peter says, now that I've got you here, let me tell you how he was healed. And Peter begins to share the gospel. He begins to share Jesus with this crowd. So much so that that day, 5,000 people came to faith in Jesus. 5,000. But you want to know who else was in that crowd? Religious leaders. Religious leaders that did not like Jesus. Religious leaders that had a big problem with Jesus and had a big problem with people talking about Jesus. And so Peter is aware of those that are in the crowd that are just kind of watching and criti criticizing them and, and not liking the message. And so here's where I want us to be uh, today. In Acts chapter 4, verse 8, if you have your Bible, I want you to turn there. But I want you to see, again, the Holy Spirit's boldness in action. The Holy Spirit's empowerment in action. Acts chapter 4, verse 8. Remember, Peter, is now he's, he's aware that there are some religious leaders who are hostile towards them in the crowd. And they've got some questions for them because they've got some problems with them. And so Acts chapter 4, verse 8 says, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit. Stop right there. I want you to underline that. I want you to mark that. I want you to circle that. I want you to remember that. Then Peter, it doesn't say then Peter, the intellectual one. It doesn't say then Peter, the articulate one. It doesn't say then Peter, the old wise one. No, it says Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? Let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene. The man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. For Jesus is the one referred to in the scriptures where it says the stone that you builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Again, Peter uses his opportunity to share the gospel. Even with people he knew did not like it. But he was only able to do that not because he was articulate, not because he was wise, but because he was what? Filled with the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit gives you a different type of boldness. The Holy Spirit gives you a different type of confidence, the different type of confidence to share the gospel. Which today I want to give us these three things that I want us just to take away with today and I want us to walk away with and I want us to get a better understanding of this Holy Spirit empowered boldness that we've been given. In verse 13, it says this, it says the members of the council, these religious leaders, were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. For they could see that they were ordinary men, 
say ordinary men. That they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. So point number one, write this down. God gives ordinary people extraordinary boldness. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. He gives ordinary people extraordinary boldness. Ordinary. I'm ordinary. Amen. Ordinary. There are plenty of days in my life where I sit back and I, I just think, like, God, why, why would you choose to use somebody like me? I don't get it. I, I don't get it. I don't understand, God, why you would use somebody like me to represent you to this world. And in the same way for, for many of us, we, we are all ordinary people. We're all ordinary in the sense that there was, there, there was nothing God saw on you that was spectacular. But we were ordinary people, and God has always been, been doing that in Scripture. God has always done that throughout the Bible. If you go from Genesis to Revelation, you see every moment where God uses the ordinary to do something extraordinary. 1 Corinthians 1.27, but God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are. Why? Here's the reason. So that no one may boast before him. In other words, so that no one can take credit. See, the reason why God moves that way, the reason why he operates that way is because he wants to get the glory. And God knows us. He knows how prideful we can be. He knows that at times we are, we love glory. We love recognition. But God does these things so there will be no question that God was truly involved in that. And so that's why God gives ordinary people this extraordinary boldness so that he could get glory. And they were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they saw that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. Ordinary people, extraordinary boldness. But also, too, point number two, write this down. Your boldness, that boldness, will amaze the world. It'll amaze the world. They, these, these religious scholars, these religious leaders were amazed at their boldness. They were amazed. But here's what I want us to get this morning. Being amazed at something doesn't mean that they like that. Being amazed is not the same as being liked. The world may be amazed at your boldness, but it doesn't mean they're going to like you. See, that's, that's, why, that's why taking these stands for the gospel, that's why being bold for sharing the gospel, that's why there's, there's a problem with it because I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want anybody to take it the wrong way. That's why, if for many people, it's not easy to share your faith with somebody. 
It's not easy to share the gospel with somebody. Because the reality is the world will not like it. See, we, we take a lot of different stands for a lot of different things. And I've seen that more so now in the last few months than I have my entire life. I see it, I watch it. We're bold in declaring how we feel about certain things. We're bold in declaring about taking stands for certain things. We see it all over social media, whether that's a political stance, whether that's an that's a, that's a, uh, injustice stance, whether all these different things that, that, that we all have our, we all have our, our lanes that we run in. Our, our, we all have our tribes that we're a part of. We all have these groups that we want to be a part of. And we, and we post and we share and we comment because we want to take a stand for what we believe in. We want to take a stand for how we feel we want to be bold for what we what we know is true but the reality is we still can't share the gospel with a co-worker we still can't walk over to our neighbor's house and say hey you don't really know me but can I just share with you what Jesus has done in my life and this same Jesus that did this work in my life is this, the same Jesus that can do a work in your life. Can I share with you some good news? What about that stand? What about that boldness? More than a post, more than a share, more than a comment. but sticking to the assignment that Jesus originally gave us to go into all the world and preach the gospel and tell people the good news. That wasn't just designated for ordained ministers. It wasn't just designated for pastors. It wasn't just designated for missionaries. That was designated for every single one of us that is in this room today, for every single one of us that is watching online today. We've all been given the mission to proclaim the good news, even when it's offensive. And I get it. It's like going to the doctor, right? We don't ever like going to the doctor and getting bad news. I don't like going to the doctor and hearing a bad, bad diagnosis about my health. And that's the way the gospel is sometimes. The gospel is presented. It's like the diagnosis is the fact that we're all sinners. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. Whether you believe it or not, you're not right with God. But see, the difference is the gospel presents the diagnosis, but it also presents the cure, which is Jesus. Yeah, you've got a sin sickness, but man, there's a cure. And Jesus provides that cure. Jesus is the cure. See, your boldness will amaze the world, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they'll like it. See, the reason why a lot of us are really bold right now, because a lot of us are, we're, we're, it's trendy to be bold now. 
It's popular to take a stand now. It's popular to hashtag things. Like, that's just the thing to do. And it's easy to do when everybody else is on it, too. But what about being bold for something that will sometimes put you all alone? What about taking a stand for something? What about taking a stand for something that everybody else in the room may not agree with? And the gospel does that. The gospel does that. That's why Paul said, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Why? Because I know its power. I know what it can do. And it says that they were amazed. They were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. But then it goes on to say, and they also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. See, not only does your boldness amaze the world, but the reality that we all must face and the reality that we've got to come to when it comes to this type of boldness is that spiritual boldness, true spiritual boldness, only comes from knowing Christ. It only comes from knowing Jesus. It only comes through our relationship with him. It only comes in our communion with him. See, being bold is never the goal. Being bold and confident, that is not the goal. Knowing Jesus is the goal. And when you know Jesus, you'll take stands for Jesus. When you're in relationship with Jesus, you'll be bold for Jesus. Why? Because you know him. You know him. Being bold is just the byproduct of knowing Jesus. See, when you truly know Jesus and you're truly in relationship with him, being bold for him is second nature for you. Taking stands when nobody else will will be second nature for you. Why? Because it's a boldness that only comes from the Holy Spirit. It's a boldness that is only, that is only uh, infused by the Holy Spirit. And my friends, that's what I desire for us to walk in. That's what I desire for us to be in. I desire for all of us to be men and women of God who are bold by the Holy Spirit. That we stick to the assignment. And that is to preach the good news, the gospel, to all creation that we tell the world about Jesus. See, it's okay to take your stands. It's okay to be bold about what you believe in. It's okay to take your stands for being pro-life. It's okay to take your stands for getting prayer back in schools. It's okay for taking your stands for, for injust against injustices. It's okay to take your stands for all those things. That is fine, but don't leave out the gospel. Because Jesus is the answer for everything. Because all the ills that we see in our world today, no legislation, no political party, 
no protests, none of those things can cure the heart like Jesus can. Be bold for the gospel. See, there's no, I don't think, a better time than now, the time that we're living in now, to be men and women who are empowered by the Holy Spirit. I think we need the Holy Spirit now more than ever. We need him now more than ever. And so while you're in your circles, while you're taking your stands, while you're being bold, don't leave out the gospel. Don't leave out Jesus. Don't leave him out. Because if he is really important to you, if salvation is really important to you, you're going to want to let the world know the change that has happened in your life. All these different things, they're going to fade. They always do. Everything's going to fade out. Everything's going to dwindle out eventually and all, all this stuff. And, and then it'll be a new wave and then it'll be a new movement and it'll be a new thing. Like that always, that always, it's been happening since the beginning of time. But Jesus always remains. The word of God always remains. I'd rather take stands for something that will remain because it's the only thing that's been tried true. It's the only thing. May we be people of Holy Spirit-empowered boldness. Let's stand to our feet this morning. Remember, God uses the ordinary to do the extraordinary. And you may sit here today and think, well, yeah, that's easy for you, Chris, because, like, you're a pastor, and that's what you do, and that, that, that's, that's you. That's easy for you, and, but that's not easy for me. I don't know the Bible all that well. I don't feel like I, I have that close of a relationship to God like maybe somebody else does. I don't see how God can use somebody like me. Can I just tell you something this morning? You are the perfect candidate. You are the perfect candidate. I was the perfect candidate. Why? Not because I was qualified. Not because I was qualified. Not at all. Not because I was the wisest. Not because I was the smartest. Not because of any of that. I was the perfect candidate. Why? Because I was a flawed, ordinary person. And God says, ah, perfect. Come on, Chris. And if you could admit this morning that, you know what? I'm flawed. I'm not perfect. In many ways, I'm ordinary. You're the perfect candidate for God to do something extraordinary. I just want to be bold for him. I want to be bold for his movement. I want to be bold for who he is and what he's done in my life. 
See, it's behavior born out of a belief. What do you believe in? What do you believe in and what will you take a stand for? If you're someone this morning that says, you know what, I desire boldness. I desire not just a natural boldness, but I desire Holy Spirit boldness. I need more of that. If that is you this morning, just just lift your hands to the Lord as in receiving something. As in just receiving something. Just say, Jesus, I want the boldness that only you can provide. I want the boldness that only your spirit provides. And I acknowledge this morning that that boldness only comes from knowing you. It only comes from being in relationship with you. Help me to be bold to share my faith. Help me to be bold to share the gospel, the good news. That we are sinners that need a savior and Jesus, you are that savior. You died on a cross for our sins. We can be forgiven of sins. You rose again so we can be made new into new life. God, we thank you for that. Help me to be bold for that. Help me to be bold for that and help me to see that even though I may stand alone, that you are with me and I'm never alone. The world may hate my message. The world may hate me. But Jesus, you even told us, if they hate you, just know they hated me first. And so, Jesus, we declare today that we are going to be bold for you. Specifically in this time and in this season. Where the world is searching for answers, the world is searching for a solution. Jesus, you are the answer. You are the solution. Give us the boldness to speak up and speak out when we need to. Lord, you give us the words to say. You provide the opportunities for us to share. You provide the opportunities for us to speak, whether that's at our schools, whether that's in our jobs, whether that's at a restaurant, wherever it is, whether it's in our homes, God. Lord, help us to be bold for you and to represent you well. To represent you in this world that is hopeless, that doesn't have peace. thank you for your boldness and I thank you that you are with me you are with me in Jesus name amen and amen are you grateful for the boldness of the Holy Spirit